Hey team, got a little something different for you today on Between Two Bears. We have our recording of this week's youth group, uh, which included a fantastic interview with Shehan Jayaraja of CBS Sports and a short discussion afterwards. But here's the first part of that. Enjoy. Yeah. But as you can probably tell, this is the first time that we are holding youth group here uh, on Between Two Bears. Um, so it's it's just an absolute for sure thing that we have no idea what we're doing. So to help us, we invited a guest for the very first time. Um, Shehan Jayaraja, I, I don't know exactly what your title is, so I'm just going to assign you one here. It's going to be, um, uh, let's see... Uh, Nah, that's a little disrespectful. I'm not going to say that. Um, uh, local trader, national writer, um, mm. national college football writer, though, in all seriousness. Uh, thank you so much for indulging this absolute insanity. I do appreciate that. Um, why did you decide to say yes? I I don't know if I want this out publicly, but unfortunately, I am a loyal listener to the podcast. Oh, uh, gross. I, I had Gross. to hear why uh, why the the week between why New Year's is a butthole. I had to hear all of that. It's it's well, you know, that's the I'm... thing. You didn't you didn't have to. That that was an active <laughs> each time actually. I would say each second is an active choice. Um, so you can't really get out of that one. And no, this won't be public per se. Um, but I, I will take that opportunity to say that we're hoping to do this on a weekly or biweekly basis for our patrons. So pretty excited about that. Just blatantly stealing the model from split zone duo. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, I had a couple questions for you. I didn't know if Evan did, but, but I do have a couple questions for you that I think people would be interested solely for the fact that I'm interested in it. Right. So your background, I, I believe you wrote for the student paper at Baylor at one point in time. Is that correct? So you, you transitioned from there. I don't know if it was directly to Dave Campbell's Texas football or not. Um, but that jump combined with the jump from strictly Texas football to national football, what changes in not only the job, but the, the mental approach to covering one school to, I, I forget how many schools are in Texas that you actually covered with DCTF, but from just Texas to national. So if you don't mind elaborating on that a bit. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll, I'll go back to the beginning. I'll, I'll kind of, uh, for people who don't know who I am, uh, obviously I am a Baylor grad. I, like Matt mentioned, I'm at CBS now. Uh, I started out doing college football stuff, like you mentioned, at the school newspaper, the Baylor Lariat. Uh, I resigned in disgrace a couple years later, which is a whole other story for another day. But um, but so that's kind of how I started out. Uh, I covered football, I covered basketball, all that. Uh, after college, I got a job over at Cox Media Group. Remember, I did the whole diehards SEC country thing. That's right. Yeah. And then uh, and then they shut down the entire site and uh, I got a much better job. Pretty yeah, abruptly, very, if I recall. correctly. Yeah, very abruptly. But that's OK. I got a basically 50 percent raise to move to Dave Campbell's Texas football and uh, got to write a couple cover stories over there. Did a, a big part of obviously uh, putting together that giant 400 page magazine. And uh, just this past year, I moved over to CBS Sports. So to go back to your question, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, it's it's definitely a mindset change when you're going from doing one school to kind of regional, now obviously to national. Uh, you know, back when I was at uh, at diehards, it's 10 schools, right? But really, you know, with any of these jobs, right, it's about prioritization. And so, um, you know, when I was at Dave Campbell's, for example, right, the priorities would change, you know, there are 12 FBS schools, 47 schools overall in the state of Texas that I was technically, re technically responsible for. Um, but it's really about trying to figure out, right, like, what do you need to be paying attention to? And a lot of that is just uh, coming up with a game plan. For me, it was, you know, I at Dave Campbell's, I wanted to try to find the best stories. Um, you know, and that meant some years it was North Texas was what I was spending most of my time on. Sometimes it was Texas. Sometimes it was uh, Sam Houston. Sometimes it was whatever else. Right. And so moving national, it's it's kind of that same sort of deal. Right. I think that that's one of the reasons why they liked uh, the idea of bringing me on is because I've had to sort through the muck in some ways for a long time. And now, uh, you know, now it's much more uh, it's much more straightforward, right? It's teams that are competing for the playoff teams that are competing for their conferences, uh, you know, particularly interesting stories, for sure, I think always take precedence. And so, um, you know, it, it does take a, a different mindset from that perspective. It's definitely a different way of engaging with football. You know, obviously, most people are fans of their teams and you're going deep on a team. Well, I try to go deep, but I'm also going broad, right? Like, I'm, right. I'm I want to know at least a little bit about all 130 FBS teams. So it's a, it's a little bit of a different approach, but I mean, you know, it's, I would have done this stuff anyway. So at least somebody's paying me for it now. I, th I think some of that has to be built into the personality in order to be successful anyway. How has your fandom changed, right? Because I'm going to make a really wild assumption here and say that you are still at least somewhat of a fan of the Baylor bears, but that fandom doesn't have to go away, I would say, but how does it change when you start increasing the scope of what you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? I think for me, one of the big things that I figured out um, is that, you know, I think that when you're a fan fan, you're kind of driven by like loyalty to your school and like obviously wanting them to win and succeed and all that. And I think once you're in the in the industry, it's a little bit more of relationship driven, if that makes sure. sense. So like, yeah. You know, I know the people who I like and I want to see them succeed. And I know the people who I'm not a big fan of. And and not that you ever want to see somebody fail. But, you know, I think that that drives things a little bit more. And so for me, the big thing with Baylor is that, like, I know so many people over there, right? Like, I know uh, the athletic director. I've gotten to know the coaching staff. I've gotten to know all the behind the scenes people for so long. And so for me, I've always, uh, especially since moving to CBS, I've really joked that uh, that the cool thing for me is that I didn't think I'd get to cover a Baylor game this year at all, right? I thought that it might be years before I got a chance to cover a Baylor game while at CBS. You know, the cool thing for me is getting to to go back to, uh, to Waco, you know, getting to go back to the stadium, you know, getting to go back and see all the people who I worked with back when I was a student reporter, right? And so right. from that perspective, that's really the, the stuff that I kind of root for is, is I root for you know, people that I care about and people I have relationships with to have a good experience. Right. And, um, and I love, you know, being able to write things with, uh, with big 12 schools, for example, right. Because I've been around the big 12, been around the state of Texas for so long. And so, you know, I mean, you, you sometimes hear people say like you root for this story, but there is something to that, right? Like you want to be able to, to have cool things happen. So you get to write about it. And so, um, you know, I, I mean, I can say, right. Like I don't especially care 
one way or the other when whether Baylor wins a lot of football games, lose a lot of football games, it's not really what drives me the same way anymore. It's more kind of getting to to engage with people and and kind of, you know, because like seriously, I mean, if something bad happens but it's funny, like I can enjoy that, right? I can do something with that. Um, you know, it's 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 much less sort of oh, you know, I'm always rooting for whatever team to win. I, you know, it, that stuff matters. And, and certainly for me, I mean, I, I want Baylor, the university to obviously be in a good place and sports is a big part of that. But uh, it's not quite the same, I guess you could say. I, I think that also has to do with, like in my early 20s, it was a situation where it was an emotional response almost exclusively at all times, right? And, and you grow up a little bit and it becomes slightly less emotional and more just matter of fact. This is what this is what is happening with my sports team. And I imagine the professional angle of that probably accelerates that to a bit. Um, Evan, anything to uh, to add on that piece? Um, yes, not as insightful Uh-oh. as either of you, you could imagine. Um, but John, as as you as you write things, you know, with with any choice, there's always like an opportunity cost. So if you write a story about one school you know you're not writing about 45 46 others um has there ever been a a fan base or a response to a specific thing you've written from like just a, any sort of response that has been like particularly i don't i don't think bad is the answer i'm looking for but like hilarious like like an example would be like unt fans came at your neck for like you know making an incorrect prediction or something like that like is there any experience like that you've had since since your name has been up in lights writing things that uh has stuck with you particularly well (laughs) that's a great question i i know that there's examples that i'm not thinking about uh but i do Mm -hmm. remember back in uh i remember back my second year obviously people who have followed me for a while on twitter like they know that like i kind of have a bit at this point of being a utep homer right because Mm -hmm. like Nobody is right. N- nobody's like really like. <laughs> I'm just gonna get mad at you for saying that you love UTEP or anything like that, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, but I remember their first game of the second year. I covered them, right? They won only one game the year before, and I was like, okay, they should show some growth this second year. And like they like barely eke it out against Houston Baptist, right? Like barely. Mm-hmm. Now it's their first home win in like three years, but it's like, why are you beating an FCS team by two? Now I will say, I will say. That was a Bailey Zappy Houston Baptist team. So like it didn't age super poorly. Gotcha. <laughs> but I I put out a, a tweet, something along the lines of like, man, that that wasn't the most encouraging like first game. Like I, I hope to see more sort of thing. And UTEP people were like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know, like, <laughs> like what I mean, of all teams, and and the thing was too, right? Because that was the also the first game, and, and this is like some context that I certainly missed. Uh that was the first game since the El Paso shooting, right? And so like it was like gotcha. a big sort of emotional day but it was also like why are you letting houston baptist drive in the fourth quarter with a chance to win like you should be better than this and uh no i mean that's that's one of those the other the other ones that uh, that kind of come to mind i remember like my first week at sec country uh i think that i had to put together like some whatever bullshit list and uh i think that i like forgot to include south carolina on it and oh, they were pissed they i I heard about that for months after. And actually, the one other one that comes to mind is uh, is I wrote a story about South Alabama. This is like when they are a very young program. I think that they scheduled the game against Oklahoma State back when I was at, uh, at Die Hards. And I think I wrote them in a list as Southern Alabama. And I got like 
20 messages about that like they were like no we're south alabama we're not southern alabama we're south alabama so it's, it's always just like the little things right because like the big the mm-hmm. big fan bases don't sweat these things right it's like it tends to be the smaller fan bases because like this is their one of their few times at attention so like the funny thing about that is now i take that a lot more seriously kind of that responsibility mm-hmm. of of making sure that like I'm doing justice to those fan bases because I know it means something uh, since since they don't get written about all that much. But it's one of those things where you're just like, I'm over here trying to write about you. Nobody else is trying to do that. Why are you getting mad at me? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was hoping to hear. That was perfect. <laughs> Matt, awesome. that's the uh, one question I have. And I thought no, of it a few minutes ago. I love it. That's perfect. Um, the The other thing that I think a lot of Baylor fans are maybe not actively thinking about all the time, but definitely in the back of their minds is, you know, Baylor's seen a bit of a roller coaster in terms of just raw number of wins over the last seven, eight years. Right. But that roller coaster has always come back up I say always over the last three coaching changes, that number of wins has always come back up. So I think the idea of sustainability under both assumptions if this coach stays or if this coach leaves that that question of sustainability is is always there and baylor is is kind of a unique job in that it is not a large school but it is not a small mid-major school right it is proven especially because of the region you can have success here with uh the talent that's available etc cetera, etc cetera. what is your approach to answering that question because you know you of course can't answer it but what's your approach to breaking down that question in your mind what makes this job a sustainable one if should aranda leave or if he stays or what makes it less sustainable yeah so i think that there's a couple things that are real draws about this job Uh, and and first i don't think it's a you know some sort of giant secret that Baylor in 2022, regardless of what happens, is not the same job as it was in 2008. Uh, You know, some big things with that are certainly the facilities. The facilities are crazy versus what they were back 15 years ago, right? I mean, any new coaching staff is going to come in and have a crazy amount of uh, football operation space, a crazy amount of of weightlifting space, a, a crazy amount of workout space. And this stuff really does matter when you're trying to build a program when you're trying to develop 115 kids right and so from that perspective that's a huge thing i I think also people have seen the buy-in like in some ways that's an extension of that right it it does come down to it being buy-in that you want to as a coach see that your university is committed to producing a, a high level football product um and the other thing too that i think you have to point to and i know a lot's made of this but I think it's really true is the level of alignment that you have on the administrative side. Um, you know, I think that that Mac Rhodes and Linda Livingstone have really got a good relationship. I think that they have a vision for what they want the athletic department to be. I think that the, the board of regents and the donors all kind of seem to be on the same page from that perspective too, from an athletic perspective. Um, and that stuff matters. You know, I, I think that, like you look over at Texas, right? That's that's the big example always. You know, when you have the smallest amount of success or the smallest amount of failure, immediately somebody's stepping up and saying something, right? Well, last year, Baylor goes two and seven. Nobody really says anything. They're just like, all right, should have been better. Now be better, right? We're going to give you the resources to be able to do it. We're going to give you the leeway to be able to do it. And so, you know, they come back, they go 12 and two and they finish, uh, 
top five in the country for the first time in program history. So I, I think that that's a big part of it. Obviously, you can't ignore uh, the, the recruiting terrain that Baylor's in. I think that that's a huge draw for anyone. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is, you know, and, and I, I think we might get into this a little bit later. You know, th there are those top jobs. There are the, the Oklahomas, the Texas, the Alabamas, all this sort of stuff, right? But, you know, I think that once you get past those jobs, the sort of superstar level jobs, I mean, you have a lot of ability as a coach to choose what you want your environment to be, right? You can choose to, I, I mean, at this point, right? I'm not saying that they're comparable jobs or, or anything like that, but like, would you rather right now be the head coach at Auburn or would you rather be the head coach at Baylor, right? I mean, at Auburn, maybe you have more of a chance of reaching that championship level, you know, who knows? Uh, but at Baylor, you're going to get time, you're going to get support, you're going to, uh, again, have aligned administration. You know, so I, I think that at least, you know, the amount of money that's in the program right now and the level of success that they've maintained over the course of basically recruits entire lives at this point, right? I mean, recruits don't mm -hmm. remember 2006 Baylor. Uh, I, I think that that's a huge deal when it comes to uh, to the vision of what the program's going to be long term. Again, that was Shehan Jayaraja joining us for our weekly youth group that you can find over on the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash between two bears. Uh, we have fun over there. So if you are so inclined and you have five bucks laying around on a monthly basis, come have some fun in the discord and with the weekly weird things that we do. Sick and bears. <laughs>